It's Andrea Cudliff here from the Hudson Mohawk Magazine speaking with Patrick W. Berry. He's an associate professor of writing and rhetoric at Syracuse University. Hello, it's a pleasure to be with you today. How did writing become your life? Well, when I was um, working in magazine publishing, I took a detour, first beginning teaching for NYU's continuing ed program. But then while I was doing my master's work, I started teaching uh, students at Brooklyn College. And it was during that experience that I saw the real value of writing, not only skill-based components of it, but the ways in which writing and being expressive opens the door. It helps people find themselves. It's so much connected with identity. It was at that point that I began to think about what can writing really do? Or what can literacy really do? How does it work in different situations? And it was that interest that led me to a lot of the different studies I did, including teaching in prison. What brought you to that journey? It's a big commitment. Well, I think that there are two reasons. One of the things that I was really interested in is the power of education. What can literacy, what can writing really do? And I thought that going into prison would provide me with a really valuable way of seeing this in, in action. Exploring the power of literacy in a carceral setting. What can literacy or writing really do? But the second uh, reason is a much more personal one. It was something that I never shared with anyone. My uh, father and many family members on my father's side spent their lives in prison, oftentimes very much connected with addiction, with struggles, with poverty, addiction. But this was something that I kept a secret. You know, my father was in prison for most of his adult life, um, and uh, he ultimately was in prison for killing someone for a whole range of, of activities, all connected with alcohol. It was something that I never told anyone. It was something that I never thought about. But then while I was teaching in prison and working with this wonderful education program in Illinois, I began to hear the students talk about their own families, their relationships with their children. And I was so moved by this, and it really helped think more about my own connections, the way that family members and, and the relationships they have with family members that are incarcerated. You know, that connection or that lack of connection that oftentimes happens is so powerful. It's so damaging. It's powerful and it's damaging. And I was thinking about the ways in which writing the ways in which communication, the ways in which reflection can help people sort of make, make sense of their lives. Sometimes I would see students write about their relationships with their sons. They would write a letter to their son. Sometimes people would write letters to, to children, others, that, to young people out there telling them, please don't do the same things that I did. So I really saw the potential of writing to make a difference in people's lives. There was one quote that I was thinking of. I think it was Juan, someone you had you had uh, taught, said, that's okay. Oh, is, is it about where he said, don't you know we're, we're going to have to be flipping burgers? Yeah, it says anybody who is able to obtain a higher education while incarcerated will testify that it does something to you. And then he said, despite barriers and despite fear, he continued to write with the hope of making a difference in his own life and in the world. Yes, that's really was like a very powerful moment because that was a student who realized the incredible obstacles that he would face when he was released from prison. He realized that 
he might very well have to take a job where he would be flipping burgers. Yet he saw something incredibly valuable in the prison program that helped him see himself differently and see his place in the world differently. And I think that's like something that doesn't usually get discussed when we talk about higher education in prison. Oftentimes the focus is on what they call reduced recidivism, measuring whether or not the person will come back to prison. You know, as we know, many people after they're released, they return back to prison. So there's a great interest in finding programs, education initiatives that help people so that they don't come back to prison. So that, of course, is a noble goal. But when the focus is exclusively on that, we lose the really rich potential that comes from just writing a reflected piece in the classroom, writing a letter to one's son, or writing to each other or talking to a fellow person who's incarcerated about their work. And it's that sense of community that sense of paying attention to what I call the contextual now, this sense of living in the moment, being present, not thinking about the future, solely about the future, or overdwelling on the past, but really trying to be mindful of where you are and appreciating education and learning in the moment. As a professor at Syracuse University, this is so important for education broadly. You know, we have students, you have people that are going to college and they're thinking about what am I going to do afterwards? You know, what, what will the economy look like? And that anxiety is real, but it can sometimes undermine the potential of just appreciating the art, of just learning for the sake of learning. And, and that's the type of experience that I think is important for all students, but for incarcerated students, formerly incarcerated students all of us at any age level, just being able to sort of appreciate learning and an investment in learning in the present moment. The arts play a huge part in rehabilitation and writing, of course, is an art. How long have you been working with people who are incarcerated? I started it in maybe 2008. I've worked in a lot of different capacities, um, working for a community college, teaching for a, a higher education program in Illinois, um, and at Syracuse, we actually have undergraduate students who for a while were tutoring um, at the Auburn Correctional Center. And, you know, more, more recently, I, I'm beginning a new project. It's, it's one that's focused on supporting formerly incarcerated people and their families. MEND. The MEND Journal? Yeah, it's, it's a project that has two components. One is a project that's really geared for us in upstate New York. And it's a project that is focused on providing formerly incarcerated people and family members. And I, I want to emphasize family members because the, the impact that mass incarceration has on family members, has on children. So this program is ultimately a publishing workshop. It's designed to bring together formerly incarcerated people, family members, to come together and learn the skills on how to produce a publication from start to finish. So students will come in. Some of the sessions will be held at Syracuse University. And I should say this is in the pilot stage right now as we're applying for funding, but one will be providing practical skills. And this is a program where applicants are receive a stipend for participating in the program. And they end up learning both creative arts, they engage with the humanities, but they learn practical skills. They learn experiences that they can put on a resume. 
It's just something that is a way, a small way of giving back. And what I'm hoping is that it's going to build a community locally that will ultimately bring together people who have an appreciation for the arts, for writing, and just for ultimately supporting each other. So that's kind of one dimension. The other dimension is this national publication called MEND. And MEND is going to be a publication that's going to be open to anyone who's been impacted by the criminal justice system. So men, the journal, will recruit submissions from incarcerated people, formerly incarcerated people, and family members. Anyone can submit their piece. And all they would need to do is send it to me, and it'll be considered for the 2023 issue. You know, when I see these stories, I, I realize the incredible obstacles. And I'm hoping that the journal will provide an opportunity for people to express themselves in any way they choose. You know, so sometimes when we see prison publications, there's a tendency to want the publication to focus strictly on prison-related material. How bad the experiences were in prison, the obstacles they encountered, the crimes they committed. And this will certainly welcome those experiences. Those are important experiences. But I want to encourage people who want to share work that has nothing to do with prison. Maybe they want to write about reflections of a family member. Maybe they want to write about themselves in a way that doesn't have to do with that part of their lives where they were incarcerated. And I think that's so important to be able to have more of an open space for reflection. And one thing I didn't mention before was that I'm also... Um, encouraging submissions of art as well. So there are many ways that people can express themselves. And so I'm hoping that we'll get really a rich collection of material. And then I'll be working with this pilot group of editors to uh, assemble the 2023 issue. So that's kind of the, the big goal. Sending submissions to men is due by March the 1st. This has been Andrea Kanla for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.